Alrighty then, gentlemen. Shall we? Oh, I like to dance. I do like pizza as much as the next man. Who doesn't? We had pizza tonight. I treated my parents to the one meal that I can confidently cook with uh, (laughs) guaranteed results of it being Moorish. Damn, son. So by by you saying you you made a meal, um, does that mean episode 162 for you is being recorded in Cape Town with your parents? (laughs) Is that our soft open? Ladies and gentlemen, mm. this is episode 162 of G.I. Joburg. The number six is very firm on our minds, because we're talking six inches, baby. But my name is hey. Steve, and I'm joined by... Clicky Clacky Rob. Oh, wait. That's right. Paul, Paul's in here. What a guy. This is Rob, and I'm, I'm joining with this discussion of six inches. I'm quite familiar with those. So, yeah. <laughs> Who else is here? It's not the size of the action figure, it's the articulation, guys. Um, hey! <laughs> get in all those hard-to-reach places. Yo, who is this guy? Is it North America in the house? Cujo on the West Coast. I'm not a parody. I'm a human, guys. It's uh, half a Gorilla Glue pre-roll and just some hot tea. And I feel pretty smooth. How you guys doing? Yeah, man. Uh, the only thing I can counter that with is uh, Coke Zero. I normally drink Coke Heavy. And so the, the, all these additional chemicals and the lack of sugar is tripping me out. Guess I'm a lightweight. What are you sipping tonight, Rob? Oh, I'm just drinking, I think, uh, what is this local? It's like a really cheap, <laughs> cool drink. Um, oh, I can't remember the name. But it's Lucasade, just, it's, it's, you nut. Oh, Luke. I was having Lucasade, that's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lucasade, it's kind of like Gatorade, but with less fruity flavors. Uh, it's just yeah. like a glucose drink, isn't it? Basically, yeah. I find mm. it helps a lot when I'm when I'm not feeling too good, like Aww. stomach-wise, with like a headache. I find it, it peps me up. Well, you sound all right me to re- me, man. I hope you feel better. Well, thank you. And uh, the hype is all correct. I'm back in the good old RS of A, and oh. I'm a happy, happy boy, guys. It's the greatest thrill of going away is always coming back, whether it's a paradisical beach vacation or seven months in Red China under the haze of the world's industrial waste and pollution. Because, yes, it is the world's. Like, the furnaces of industry in China are what keep keep the entire world in, uh, I don't know, trinkets and sports shoes and action figures. Um They're the nation that bears the environmental cost of our indulgences. And boy, do you feel it when you're there. Not only that, but uh, as I left, the coronavirus was breaking out. And our final audience audience in Nanjing, because that had their first report. The the, the virus had broken out in Wuhan, which is far away from where we were. But uh, the first reported case had reached Nanjing the night of our final performance there. And so, at one point in the show, I do a sort of audience participation number, which is always very interesting in a country that doesn't speak English, or at least mm. isn't, isn't their first language. Um, but uh, I look out into the audience and am shocked to see that absolutely every single audience member is wearing a face mask. Wow. It's terrifying. Like, what the hell are we doing? Dance, monkey, dance, while everyone else is, like, patient zero, man. I'm like Ew. a monkey in outbreak. Is that your code name? 
Patient zero. <laughs> well, I should hope not. Thankfully, I avoided any kind of medical quarantine. And not for trying, hey? I was pretty sick those last few days in China. Hmm. My body had finally said, enough, Stephen. This is enough of this malarkey of you know, being on the road or in the air, as it were. Traveling around, being a song and dance man. Well, hopefully you're okay. Oh, I'm more than okay, man. Because I tell you, gentlemen, I got new shit. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Yep, bring out the marching band and the brass section, because, uh, yeah, while I am away, it is with some great irony that I note that my epicenter of G.I. Joe action figure purchasing is in Cape Town. There's a local <laughs> seller who is peddling his wares on Biddle Buy, and I just catch myself going through all his listings and like, okay, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. Oh, uh, I could do with another Addy Viper. Every time I see a Hydro Viper, I have to buy him. And uh, Iron Grenadiers, those guys are just too sexy to leave uh, uh, for someone else to scoop up. So I bought a bunch of Army Builders, along with version 2 Roadblock and uh, version 3 Snake Eyes, which I once owned. It got stolen, and I'd always been using Rob's in the interim. But I think, yeah. uh, didn't I send yours back with you, Rob? I believe you didn't, yes. You gave me back everything. So I've now got my own Minty Fresh V3 Snake Eyes, completed with all his accessories, and damn, he looks good. Like, the paint is completely unworn. It's a very uninviting figure, because, you know, you guys know my criteria with figures is, like, the more play-worn they are, the more inviting they are to be handled, to be played with, to be roughed up mm. a bit. So this guy, I don't know, I might have to put some battle scars on him before I can really just cut loose with him. It's going to happen, dude. It's going to happen. you you got to have fun with them figures. can't just own them and put them on a shelf. Don't do it. Now, the next few figs. Uh, firstly, guys, uh, did we ever do a definitive roadblock? Hmm. Did anyone vote well, for Grey Pants version 2 roadblock? I was just going to say it's a nice complement of colors, but I don't think we've discussed him. Oh, my goodness. Well, maybe we need a full team for that. But just, uh, you know, going around the room... What are your thoughts on that version? Loses points on not having the signature gun, but uh, he's definitely got a, a cooler head sculpt. Yeah, uh, we're talking about version 2. Yes, 1986, Yeah, he looks pants. a lot more happy. He looks like he's actually <laughs> just come out of the kitchen. He's like, I've just made you some good food. Better enjoy it, or I'll eat you too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool to see his teeth. It's got a great character, the face sculpt. I do feel like, though, that... Um, you lost a lot of detail in the scaling down from the two-up because mm. his jacket has a lot of detail to it, and you certainly see that detail in his character model in the Sunbow second season. Uh, but it's it goes very soft on the action figure. Uh, you, you you actually have to handle it to, to, to get what I'm saying, Rob. But anyone who has this figure out there in, in the wide world, and I know that uh, this is actually... Uh, Hooded Cobra Commander's opinion of it in his review, but I, I agree. It does kind of get very soft on the figure, which is a pity because it's a very detailed jacket. Um, yeah, I think I've <laughs> repeated myself now. Nice figure. <laughs> Not a great gun, but uh, every single appearance of this figure uh, in media, be it cartoon or comic book, just gave him his uh, M2 Browning anyway. Well, yeah, if you really own another version of the figure, I mean, if if it doesn't come with the correct accessory, you can always just give it to him. 
Totally. And you, you had two swipes at that because obviously the 1984 version came with his Marduce and so did the Tiger Force version. So you had two opportunities well, to get, no excuse. get that weapon. Pity he can't wear a helmet though. You know, oh, is his head too big? Uh, I I haven't actually tried, but uh, you know the the classic Roadblock could wear a, a standard GI Joe helmet. I can only mm. imagine this guy because he doesn't include one, and those GI Joe like classic helmets have been phased out by this point. I can only assume that it doesn't fit. But for my interest and yours, let me rush into the next room because I can do that now. Ah! And grab a <laughs> helmet and give it a try. You gentlemen, talk amongst yourselves. Bye. Hell yeah. So, Kuja, you mentioned uh, you got some new shit. What's you gonna open? Opportunity to go sour then sweet. Before we Whoa. get too distance, uh, no reported cases of corona in SA right now, yeah? No, not that I know of. Um, although I, I've been, well, doing research, I literally watched like one short video um, from The Guardian um, about this coronavirus. Um, so apparently this is this. So what, what do they call it? It's a novel coronavirus, which basically means that it's a new virus that they've never had before. Mm-hmm. So currently there is no cure, but the death rate associated with this version of associated with this coronavirus is exceptionally low. It's not even 10 percent, I believe, at least from this one video that I watched. Um, and the people that did die from from the virus were people who already had pre-existing conditions that um, kind of had weakened their immune systems already. So, mm-hmm. yes, this is quite scary because it's something new. It's something that once you contract it, either you're going to have like a mild case of um, a cold or a flu or you're going to die. Yeah, I'll definitely let other people lift those heavier matters but i will say what is this the 23rd today's the 26th my man all right they do have a reported case of it in the la county so if this becomes the stand you heard but i did <laughs> i do want to speak on a uh, roadblock v2 i think for me that character will always be defined by his deltoids because he's always swinging in on that live the adventure picture remember that <laughs> damn yeah oh yeah and isn't there some gigantic snake that is like there is. dangling dangerously close to the swinging roadblock i don't imagine roadblock is like a tarzan act kind of guy but i guess live the adventure that artwork will always be making that association oh what a great pick mm. Mm. so straw poll gents i've tested the helmet yeah. uh who here thinks that it fits I think that it fits. You do. Think? I have I have confidence. Yes, I'm very confident. What say you, Cooge? I think it shot off his head and hit you in the eyeball. <laughs> well, uh, it wouldn't have been able to shoot off his head because I couldn't even sort of push it down onto his head. Uh, the V2 oh. noggin is just slightly too big. No. And and a slightly different shape. Uh, you know, if you were to hold both of their gorgeous chrome domes. Or shall we Oof. call them eight balls? Um, they are, yeah. Roadblock's head has 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 changed its shape somewhat. It's a little bit broader on V2, so he must be reading up on his philosophy and shit. <laughs> got to expand in mind. <laughs> I couldn't make that rhyme, guys. I'm sorry. I hand okay. in my Roadblock card. 
Paul can play Roadblock from now on. Oh. Or no, better yet, Joe Slepsky can play Roadblock from now on. He played him in Troy Smith's uh, Clairvoyance feature. But getting off the topic of Roadblock, I now have a Globulus figure. You guys got mm-hmm. any uh, insight? Wait, I suppose we did do our definitive Cobra Law, but uh, Globulus himself... Anybody uh, got any insight on this? I'll break the ice by saying this is a Cobra Law figure, the only Cobra Law figure that I had some prior exposure to. I had some friends of the family who were from the States, and they had a toy box, and in the toy box, amongst other things, were uh, was a stinger, a stinger driver, and good old Globulus himself. And I remember thinking, like, this can't be a G.I. Joe. This is not G.I. Joe at all. It's got to be like some kind of Masters of the Universe shit. <clears throat> but the articulation, at least on the top half of his body and the construction, did kind of give him away, and I was captivated by it. But I was like, no, but it's it's got to be a, a fake toy. It's got to be like a knockoff or something. GI Joe would never do this. And then you watch the movie, and you're like, oh, that's where that dude comes from. from I that. think I had watched the movie by that stage. But uh, what? what is interesting about the Globulus action figure is he's in his kind of like Snake Man format. Which mm. he's only actually in. I mean, he only kind of emerges from that flying sort of pufferfish pod. <laughs> um, in the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. For the most part, he's soaring around in that sort of encasing. That's boring. Yo. They should have made that version. I, I, well, they should have made him with this cool, yeah, with the flying thing. Well, Globulus, I, I could take him or leave him. I mean, everyone knows my opinion of uh, the, the movies by this point in time. They're okay. For first-time listeners, what is your opinion of G.I. Joe, the movie? Well, I thought it became a bit too sci-fi. Um, I didn't enjoy that it kind of went into this kind of weird Lovecraftian. sci-fi region. Yeah, I mean, I love Lovecraftian on its own, but I don't necessarily want Lovecraft in my G.I. Joe. Um, it's <laughs> It it just became strange, um, and they kind of they kind of added this entire backstory to J.I. Joe that didn't feel real to me. So yeah, that's where I come from. But I, over time, I've come to kind of just accept that other people enjoy it, and uh, that's okay by me. Thank enjoy you. it, guys. Cooge, did you ever have a, a, <laughs> a globulus figure to hand? You talking to me? Talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Well, thank God we went Total Recall on 133, dear new listener. Speaking of rhymes, the tail is a fail. <laughs> no, I think that's... It, if you made the tail with any articulation, then maybe the figure has a purpose. I'm very remiss that I didn't get one of the Vitruvian hacks kind of serpent creatures. Because I saw them when I was in Beijing. And a lot of people have used that sort of articulated snake tail... Well, to basically correct the sins of this Globulus figure. <laughs> Be it a modern era, upper torso, or uh, the vintage, you can use that, you can sort of doctor that snake tail from Vitruvian hacks. I don't know, hmm. is it Medusa? I don't know. I'm not familiar with the line itself, but I have seen it in the flesh now, and I'm like, yeah, that'll work. I'm curious to see what he's like when I unscrew his back and disconnect him from his tail, how that it all sort of fits together. Maggots. <laughs> um, I have some Lovecraftian chat. Even though Kristen Stewart does seem to repel people, 
Underwater is a sleeper hit. If it's still in the cinema and you enjoy Cthulhu, do it. He probably won't look any better than he does in that. They're it's, fantastic. Well, but I think I've got a variant uh, gun for my Snake Eyes V3. Whoa. How's that possible? It's a darker gray. Bullshit. Like, the gray that yours is is almost opaque. Yeah. This one is like a gunmetal gray. And I don't think it comes from an accessory pack, because there wasn't one by that stage. Oh, dear. Faking it to make it. I don't know, man. This is a mystery that I need to get to the bottom of. Hopefully I don't have a gun from, like, a Star Brigade guy. But those Star Brigade guys, sort of weapons tree guns, and I'm thinking of the ones that came with, like, B-A-A-T and Destro with his armor. Yeah. Those are, like, silver or yellow. This one is a deep gray. Curious. Hmm. Maybe it's a, a fun school version. Maybe it's a European version that had a slightly different grade of plastic, a later release. Anyway, I should get to the bottom of this. If you, dear listener, know what I'm talking about and you have the answer, won't you hit us up on the Podbean thread? Hell yeah. <laughs> How's that going, by the way, Cooch? So far, so dry. Oh, what a shame. The rallying call. Gents, the final thing I want to talk about in new shit is <laughs> Total Impulse Buy. When I went to pick up my toys yesterday from this local seller, he had just gotten in a complete set, well, almost complete set of 1993's infamous G.I. Joe Street Fighter 2 collection. <laughs> Whoa. Do you guys remember seeing these at Toy Stores? Maybe. <laughs> it's oh. possible. I, offhand, I don't remember. Okay, so, I mean, it, it's useless me asking you if you had any real feeling toward them. Because I remember <sighs> not having any desire to own them. I got a Balrog, and he was interesting for a time, but I didn't continue. And someone gave me Bison. Hey, Rob, I think you gave me Bison for, like, a birthday or something. Hey, then, I must have seen them then, but I think I, I understood that you had more interest in them than I did. <laughs> Yeah, well, I tell you, my interest in them now is sky high because they are pretty unique. They are official Frank and Joes, some of them. Mm. And then some of them have the most unique construction of anything created in the, the 1982 to 1994 classic run of G.I. Joe. Assuming you consider them G.I. Joe at all. But, like, just the unique, from the unique head sculpts to completely unique bodies. I mean, may I just say that Sagat is an incredible action figure. Incredible. Well, that's good to know. So you, you actually found a whole bunch of them? I mean, that he I, that he has? I got them all, man. All save for <laughs> Vega and Ken Masters. Uh, his Ken had a broken crotch. But oh. whoever whoever the previous owner was, and it was the same person for all of them, did the cutest thing ever. Very Toy Story-esque. They etched their initials into the, the bottom of the right foot of each figure. Ah, oh, no ways. Incredible, man. I, I I love that. It doesn't diminish the value in my eyes at all. In fact, it, it adds something. It's like these toys were not only played with by a child, but they were cherished. Like this kid <clears throat> felt so strongly about these action figures, he made sure that they didn't disappear into someone else's collection by branding them. It's It's lovely, man. Andy has left his mark. Smart kid. And that probably made them cheaper for you to buy as well. So, thanks to that guy. 
Well, therein comes the rub. No, the the funny thing about this seller is he's a Masters of the Universe and Thundercats collector first and foremost. He knows mm. everything there is to know about those toys. And he's got a lot of like rare pieces that actually buyers from the United States have been trying to get him to part with. Like he's got a, a, a row of scare glows, which I'm told are like, I don't know, 300 US a pop at least, upwards from that. He's got the Eternia playset. I'm pretty sure he's the only person in South Africa with that. Uh, he's got boxed Castle Grayskulls. You know, he's just crazy for his Motu. Doesn't know much about G.I. Joe. And that kind of works in my favor sometimes and against my favorites sometimes. Case in point, like, the Street Fighter 2 figures aren't nearly as desirable as regular G.I. Joe stuff, particularly early G.I. Joe stuff. But, mm. uh, you know, he'll charge me as much for a Guile as he will for a complete Alley Viper. Ooh. That's, that's just the ridiculousness of it. Perhaps more so because he also peddles games used and new video games so obviously like the street fighter stuff he has some brand recognition for so he's going to charge me as much if not more for them and i'm like oh geez it's useless telling me this stuff is complete like a selling point because they come with weapons trees and these guys you don't buy a street fighter figure for his accessories you buy him because of the character the accessories yeah. suck they're like you know, <laughs> missile launches and weapons tree weapons yeah, the accessories are more of a, a, a um, concession to G.I. Joe collectors or f- fans because in the... Yeah, well, it was just to pad out the package. Yeah, exactly, because the, the characters themselves are just fighters. They don't really come with accessories, to my knowledge. But they look pretty the underwhelming with nothing beside them. Yeah. Well, then they should have done two packs. That Wait, line was a bit packs. half-cocked, but it does have some interesting like oddities. <clears throat> Like, picture mm. Zangief in your mind, guys. Picture his, his character model in the game. He's gigantic, and he's wearing, like, a Speedo, ru- you know, wrestler style, and, like, a sort of a yeah. furry, uh, I don't know, bomber jacket? Not a bomber jacket, like, body warmer type thing. Anyway, <laughs> they use Norgahide's upper body. Cool. Fine. But in order to get the, like, the the red wrestling tidy readies <laughs> what would you call them <laughs> y-fronts basically like like a, a swimming costume um yeah a speedo uh they use battle android trooper version 2 because it's got sort of booties at the bottom which they then painted red and mm. they molded the crotch piece in red to give him that kind of like underwear look but the unique thing about the battle android trooper's legs is they've got like mechanical detail on them. <laughs> yeah. And of course, now the mechanical detail is all just flesh tone. So it looks like Zangief has some wicked body modifications, you know, like <laughs> scarring in, in very symmetrical shapes that look almost mechanical, but like are completely flesh tone. So it's not mechanical. It's, it's weird. And I even remember as an eight year old child seeing this on card and thinking, that's weird. They're they're trying their best. They're trying their best. But I don't know if it was their best, but it's unique. <laughs> now you're an adult. You can modify the figures any way you want. Hey man, I love it. And E Honda is the most awesome lump of plastic I think uh, GI Joe ever <laughs> produced. It is so crazy to me that this guy has, well, not quite standard GI Joe articulation because he's got a stupid gimmick. 
But like, I mean, his arms are G.I. Joe arms. They're just hmm? swollen, bee stung, <laughs> huge. It's such a fascinating character to have. My word, guys. I'm swept up in the magic of G.I. Joe Street Fighter 2. That is crazy. Who's with me? Um, I'm not there yet. Probably when I see him. <laughs> Can Blanca crouch properly? That's all I want to know. Negative. Yeah. Can any G.I. Joe crouch like that? Oh. The articulation is good, but not that good. Mm. You need some double knees and hips that just kind of blow out completely. We do this kind of, we're always candid on the podcast. My lady just came through the room. I live in uh, Southern California. I think the American basketball player Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter accident. Oh, shit. Yeah. Rest in peace, brother. Uh, anyway, we not to go off on a tangent there, but uh, yeah. Um, I did get some new stuff, or I didn't get some new stuff, but I'm going to open some packaging. You know, everybody has like figures that they don't want to touch for whatever reason. But I'm going to open up three because I think they'll read well on camera. And who knows, I might be making some videos in the near future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, brother. But I have a all-silver San Diego Comic-Con 2003 Boba Fett figure. That Ooh. should be well under lighting. That's it. Surprisingly enough, it's like 35 bucks. I think I remember paying 50 for it, but, you know, it's fed. I do have a Shadow Stormtrooper from the Saga Legends. Remember that figure? Yeah, those guys look amazing. All black stormtrooper. And last but not least, I broke out the comic two pack of the white Vader. Did you ever see that? Hell no. What the hell is that? White Vader? No, we never got that. They made like a dark horse comic about uh if what if Vader went became or what if Vader was the good guy? And it's it's just a Vader figure, but it's all cast in white with some light blue accents. Should read it pretty interesting next to my all white Boba Fett figure and stuff like that. That sounds fantastic. I'm curious to know the backstory of why Vader became Vader if he was pulled to the light side. I mean, did he forgive Obi Wan for dropping him in the the molten pit? Mm, I think uh, I'll have to update you. I have not opened it yet, uh, so I'll let you know. There's a comic inside it. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Soon we'll know. Unless people want to let us know. Anybody been playing G.I. Joe War and Cobra? The mobile game? Um, I I downloaded it and I started playing it today. So far it's it's quite I think what keeps me going is, is that I want to unlock more and more like characters that I know. Um the gameplay is pretty straightforward. Obviously it's a mobile game, so they're gonna always like encourage you to you know, like spend money to like speed things up to to get things um but i think it's definitely a playable game without having to spend lots and lots of money you know to kind of like upgrade your things um yeah so far i mean after just a couple of hours i have a good idea of what i'm trying to do in the game and it's just cool to see like gr joe's in the video game you know? are you joe or cobra i am joe uh-huh. Yeah, Joe. So I just unlocked uh, Scarlet, I think was the most recent character I unlocked. So I have Scarlet, I have uh, Beachhead, I have uh, the guy that no one likes, the the, the guy that people, he's, he's like a joke, Backblast. No. <laughs> what? 
the the one from the from the cartoon, you know, when he's always like he's always like teamed up with Quick Kick. Oh, Bazooka. Bazooka. Nice. <laughs> so Bazooka, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> nice. Cooch, did you give it a bash? Uh, no, I did download it. So, uh, who's? The, yeah, no, I I have heard good things and bad things because I have been tracking the hashtag. Some people say cookie cutter. It's crashed for me a couple times, but usually when stuff crashes early on, that means there's a lot of people on their servers or whatever. So cheers mm. to that. I hope it does well because maybe then they'll have some kind of like budget to uh, promote, you know, within our networks. Who knows? But uh, Look, it can't be said enough that like seeing a G.I. Joe mobile game where everything has or for the most part has their classic skins uh, yeah. is encouraging, man. It's it's it. it shows maybe there is a a trend that could be that could be followed that GI Joe can put itself back on the map uh piece by piece but it certainly is encouraging for us guys who carry the the torch for those classic designs to see them represented albeit in a kind of a a dumpy animated <laughs> style but it's nice to see it in a game i was incredibly uh taken with the fact that like in the demo mission the sort of initial mm-hmm. tutorial style mission you get to use a skystorm yes that's pretty <laughs> insidery that's pretty deep into gi joe it's not like a dragonfly or a sky striker no dudes it's a skystorm x-wing chopper a <laughs> toy that i am you know unpopular opinion i love that toy i love it I love Windmill, I love the Skystorm, I love everything about it. I podcasted on it on the topic of it before. Reach back into the vault if you want to hear that one. I think it was in the 20s, jeez. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm a big fan. And to have that straight off the bat, that was pretty magical. Too bad it then disappeared. I was like, what? Okay, I guess I'm going to be a Cobra. <laughs> you suck, G.I. Joe. You'll unlock it eventually. Shout out Jeez. to Ryan Sweeney. I was thinking of doing a G.I. Joburg alliance, but then I was like, oh, I don't know if I can deal with the crushing defeat of the fact that, like, I'm hardly ever going to be on it, so we're not going to have really a, a strong core from the, <laughs> the, the members of this podcast, because, yeah, man, I don't want to force you guys to spend hours and hours on the bloody mobile game. But uh, <laughs> I also felt bad that, you know, maybe we wouldn't rank too highly and I didn't want to drag anyone or guilt anyone into, um, you know, sinking with us. But hey, Ryan made the, the alliance and people have, have joined it. Even Joe on Joe. Thanks, Joe. And thank you, Ryan. Well, there we go. All right, Thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you still riffing on that? Actually... Yeah, pass it to me because you've mentioned Joe and Joe twice, and I do have some Joe and Joe news. Whoa! Tell us what's Joe and Joe doing these days, dude. Tell well, us something cool. Cujo on Joe at the moment, but uh, I think you're right. You know, it's nice seeing a mobile game back in the market. I think if you're in SoCal this year, um, you might have a good time with GI Joe. Comic Con Revolution. Larry Hama doesn't make it to the West Coast too often. He'll be there with Michael Golden as well as Jamie Sullivan, the G.I. Joe cover artist. Cheers, brother. Um, as well as, uh, I think, Ken Young, or I think that's his name, the the Storm Shadow voice. Um, and I, I think I'll be there. Keone Young, is that his name? Thank you, brother, yeah. And I think uh, 
me and Joe on Joe will be there. And I think we're going to try and set up a panel. The early, the early name of that panel is GI Joe afterlife. So yeah, I think that's late May and early June. You have SoCal Joe show, which I think is in Pasadena this year. I hear screaming outside. (laughs) Hey, the crone is here. Hey, we've got ten. We've got ten members in our alliance. Nice going. Hell yeah, brother. Well, you guys never mentioned what what is beach. Uh, what does Beachhead bring to the party? Beachhead is, I think, a, a medium range attacking character. So Roebuck is the one that you start out with, and he's like a tank. So you, you kind of want him to kind of be in front of your other troops when you're attacking things. And Beachhead is a short-range attacker. Scarlet, I believe, is a long-range. Same with Bazooka as well. Um, but I think Scarlet also has an ability. I think if you level her up enough, she can kind of mess with your the enemy turrets and stuff. Well, Baroness is a long-range as well. I guess they kind of posited the two females as the snipers. But yeah. uh, Baroness packs an extra weapon. It's called the Power of Cleavage. <laughs> of course, I was going to be a Cobra. She was the one giving the tutorial. Like, yeah, okay. Whatever you say, Baroness. Bad candy, huh, Cooge? Recruiting matters. Um, Indeed. Let's see. I want the badass chicken leather. Thank you very much. No offense, Roblox. I'm sure you're very entertaining. Guys, why is it there is always, like, some weird brown stains on Globulus's tail? <laughs> Actually, just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so, no, I, 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 I will, <laughs> I am contractually obligated to mention Joe Fest every conversation, obviously. No, I think I'm, I'm working my way to be there. Uh, there's gonna be a whole bunch of folks. Once again, it's downtown Augusta. I, I, I know that G.I. Joburg may not make it, but I'll be there and, uh, yeah, we'll chat up guests along the way. But if you grew up with G.I. Joe, you're finding the podcast. Get to one of these events. Say hello. This is what G.I. Joe is. Aside from that, Dave Cabal, he's in the podcast pool now. Retro Cabal. It's more like a pop culture diary, but, uh, I do want to say thank you for the kind words you slung at us. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say all the cliche shit, but thank you. It matters. I find it quite mesmerizing listening to the podcast, and I meant to shout it out on our previous episode. Yes, our good friend Dave Cabal has a podcast of his own, a lot of G.I. Joe stuff, but a lot of just general nostalgia stuff. That's my favorite kind of podcast, man, so shout out to Dave, and well done for taking the plunge, man. You're a welcome voice in the podcast game. Uh, that's kind of where my head's at, guys. I want to hear how people played as, as, as kids. Mm. That's my favorite kind of content. And Dave is bringing it. Whether it's a chat about Joe or chat about the X-Men video game, like the, the coin op, or if it's a chat about just like role play or playing in general, you know, even when you didn't have action figures, the way you would just play in the world. It's pretty, pretty groovy stuff. And I think it's hosted on Anchor, which is a podcast app. A very mm. inviting one, I must say. It's it's very easy to uh, publish, to self-publish a podcast. Just almost like busy lyric recording voice notes on your phone and publishing them. And they take care of, wow. like, background music and... Yeah, man. It's, it's a great platform. And I have often 
said that even if no one listened to G.I. Joburg, I think I'd still do it because having a soapbox to just air your thoughts is so important. Very cathartic. Don't bottle yourself up. Let it out. Put it into a podcast. Just let it go. And if you happen to like G.I. Joe, put your podcast in, in our ears. We'll promote it for you. As Cooch likes to say, we'll bump your signal. Uh, because I will certainly want to hear about the way you played with G.I. Joe. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I like that. If you're, uh, if you're out there, do a podcast miniseries and introduce yourself. Um, aside from that, uh, speaking of soapboxes, there is a little bit, I'm not going to call it a lot of noise, but there was a little bit of noise online of this last snake hunt story. They said they were going to bring every living G.I. Joe into it. Um, and they have resurrected a couple characters that Hama had killed earlier in the run, which kind of uh, it does counter his logic about, you know, war having death and consequences. So it's not without precedent. I, I think I'm, I guess I'm asking you guys because people have weighed in online. They're just kind of confused as to maybe the approach on the storytelling. I know Tom Waltz is on the book as an editor and he did kind of. Get in the tweets, and I'm sure you can run that down if you want. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Is G.I. Joe a unique story? Should It's not like superheroes where you can just keep bringing people back, or is it? What do you guys think? It's a really deep roster, man. And Larry Holm is not the youngest comic book writer out there. I do, however, think that like when it comes to G.I. Joe canon and his own canon, apart from us like super nerds there is mm-hmm. no authority on the planet able to countermand larry so i don't i don't necessarily want to crucify tom waltz for dropping the ball as an editor because like how do you go against the master if i was to suddenly flag something and be like hang on this guy's not alive and yet Larry's got him scripted, you know, to make an appearance on panel seven of page nine. I don't know if I'd be able to confront the man on that. <laughs> I normally, I, I, I imagine I would just defer to, no, Larry's got this. Larry knows what he's doing. And that's me not being me, super nerd, because I am a nitpicker and I do, I do take notes of inconsistencies, but like, as I say, this continuity is so groaning at this point, so enormous and, and long in the tooth, that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to criticize Mr. Harmer for occasionally slipping up. Continuity is important to a lot of people, and it, it means a lot when you can kind of go back and go, oh, yeah, they killed the guy off in this issue, and he never came back. That's pretty cool, actually. You know, death means something. To me, at least, G.I. Joe feels more like a realistic kind of take on stuff. I mean, yes, there's kind of like mind-wiping things. There's there's other kind of sci-fi elements to it. But generally, it's, it's fairly realistic, at least in the way that it approaches the idea, the idea of death. But I think also, the way that I understand it, Larry often approached, I mean, like each issue itself has to be an entertaining story. You know, if you enjoy that issue, that's awesome. I mean, and, you know, come back next week for another issue and keep reading, you know, as long as you can. Um, because you enjoy each issue as it stands on its own in a way. Um, I suppose not as much building up on on tons of things that have come before it. 
I and... think I'm all with you on that, Rob. I, I think you mm. are expressing what I was thinking, which is like, mm. G.I. Joe, for me, is at its finest when it's non-episodic, when it's a standalone story. Yeah. Special Missions is my favorite G.I. Joe title, more so than ARAR, because you could pick it up, enjoy it intensely, put it down, and read the next one without having to recall the six degrees of separation from Snake Eyes or all the minutiae, you know... It's continuity that is weighing the series down at the moment. There's no freshness because everything is so con- you know, not contrived. Everything is so like like spun, sp- spiraled out of its original sort of purity and source material that it starts becoming a repetitive and b just a big headache to like navigate. And it's a headache yeah. for the creators and the writers. I guess I'm just saying, guys, bring back special missions because with special missions. Guess what? Everyone who is dead can be revived again. You just need to mm. set it in 1985. This is the mission that involved Crankcase, Quick Kick, Thunder, the Battle Force 2000. Like, all the dead guys. You can have them... You can definitely do it. And you don't have to worry about, like, uh, why they're back, how they're back. But also, another, like, but they got Larry back because they wanted to continue ARA in a way. And I think, he, I mean, he's quite successfully done that for whatever, extra, an extra 100 plus issues now. I mean, how how far are we now? 250, 260? It's dangerous, We're, though, because it does kind of rob any other G.I. Joe author their own agency. Like, how do you crawl out from the shadow of the man who created everything? I don't know. But l- let me say one more thing before Kudra comes back in. I think... Larry himself is at a different time in his life at this point as well. I mean, obviously, when he originally started, he, he very much probably wanted to kind of like get home the idea that you know war is war is, is is a tragic thing. It's a real thing, and people die. And yeah, I mean, it was still very fresh for him as well. But I think he's also at a different place in his life now, where maybe I suppose death still matters, but it, it means something different to him. And Maybe it's an editorial thing as well. Maybe the editors are pushing towards some sort of big story arc thing. Um, but I think give the guy a chance to kind of tell his story, I think, before we all crucify him for bringing people back to life. <laughs> Look, it, this slip-up was literally just an arts inclusion. I don't think Crankcase had any lines. If I'm Look, I haven't, re- I haven't read the issue. Am I right, Cooch? Oh, I haven't read it either. I thought you were saying he was a force ghost for a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's the explanation. Because apparently force ghosts can, you know, participate in combat now. No, I oh, think... yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to labor it because I do want to go six inch. But I think, uh, I think that nobody bothered to tell us how our culture was going to tell its stories. And a lot of people, I think... Uh, Continuity matters because our lives are a lie, and I, that's not me being cynical. But we we search we search out truth. So I, I get it. I, I do. I I wish that some editors along the way would have done a podcast and said, "Hey, we're going to treat the property like this." So you know, maybe go into that with that frame of mind. Um, but maybe I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have much opinion on it. I think that. They should have gotten the fans involved, and that just goes across the board for every property. 
Because mm. while people will say like fans are too sacred, they care. And you could question like people's investment in the brand along the way. So I don't know. I, I could break either way, but yeah, this isn't a witch hunt for Hama or anything like that. No, not at all. No. He's Just curious. Man. So you mentioned six inches. Um how does how does that relate to G.I. Joe? They they did announce six inch uh, GI Joe. That's that's old news kind of. But uh, but is it news? It's more just hot gossip that has been confirmed. Like the biggest joke of all is the fact that Hasbro didn't handle this very well at all. This was a leak. So when are we getting the official announcement? I presume it'll be the is it Toy Fair? Toy Fair end of Fair. Is it in New York? Yeah. The there you go. That's when we'll probably get some, maybe some pictures even. But like, it's just crazy that uh, that this stuff didn't have any kind of official word. Uh, but unfortunate that, and 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 nothing has been done in the wake of its its leak to kind of give us something official, just something, a statement from Hasbro. Mm-hmm. But I think probably the thing that people are at least most interested in is is that apparently these figures are being they're being produced by Hasbro at least from this leak. The information is that they're being produced by Hasbro with uh with the help of Jazzwares. Jazzwares, for those who don't know, is a company probably most well known for producing I think four inch Fortnite figures. Correct. I think they're four-inch figures, and also previously Jazzwares, at least all the info I, I, I've got here is just basically from his tank. It's from one mm-hmm. little article in his tank. Jazzwares has already produced accessories for several lines at Hasbro already, so it's not like they haven't had experience working with Hasbro. But like the, if anyone has looked at these um, Fortnite figures, they're actually pretty snazzy. Mm. They're actually really good. I mean, they kind of capture the the animated style of the video game. And then if if they were a little more realistic, I mean, I could see these as as a new generation of uh, GI Joe action figures. And they have cool accessories. I I don't want to be perpetuating any false information. Yeah. But sure. when I listened to good old What's on Joe Mind podcast, they were under the impression that they I think they had a source, sort of an inside insider mm. tip. That uh, Jazzwares, sure, they do have the G.I. Joe license to produce some kind of toy, yeah. but that toy was not action figure related. Yes. So Hasbro is going to keep the act, you know, the actual action figure G.I. Joes in-house, presumably. Oh. And Jazzwares will be creating, because, I mean, Jazzwares did, like, nerf things and other things. <laughs> so. G.I. Joe merch as opposed to or G.I. Joe toys that are non-action figure toys. But okay. this is all courtesy of our friends at What's on Joe Mind. Don't take my word for it, ladies and gentlemen. Go listen Get to our W.O.J.M. brothers and sisters. But yeah, so how do we feel? Yes, Doc, uh, t- tell us. Would you guys consider picking them up? I mean, Cooge, you, you said in this very same podcast that you uh, have a, a six-inch boba which mm. you're very fond of, would you wholeheartedly move over to 6-inch Joe? What are the factors that you consider when considering making the switch from the the greatest scale ever to uh, <laughs> the second or third greatest scale ever? <laughs> this is an arcing question. First of all, I think G.I. Joe matters because of the details. So if, if Jazzware is going to do it, 
they've already done it, but of course it has to have the detail, has to have the wrinkles, has to have everything. Right in front of me, I have a Death Trooper and that Macquarie Fest. So I got black and white figures in front of me. What would get me interested? I'm going to bring Paul into this conversation in spirit. But because, I mean, while I'm happily in a relationship, I will roll with the freaks on this one. I think, like, stop being basic. And I'm talking at you, IDW. I'm also talking at you, Hasbro. We've lived it. We've grown up with it. Stop doing the same four figures. This is who I would drop in a lineup. You want to get me out of the seat? First of all, you have to do, let's open it up with a televiper. First figure you drop is a televiper in three different colors. Why? Because influencers. This is what the televiper does. It has an eye. It has that that view thing that you can program words into, and words will go across his face. You can also connect it to Wi-Fi so people can send themselves signals. You could have words go across the televiper's face. And if you wanted to go high-end, turn his backpack into a camera. He'd be the perfect person to to put in a living room. You point the, the camera gun, and you have surveillance in your living room, and nobody even knows it. Are you advocating that they have action features? What do you mean by the lettering across the face? Is he going to actually have an LED like display on his eyes? I'm going, to, I'm going really hard on the first figure, but... When I thought about this, I was like, this is the only figure that makes sense in this modern age of influencers and people taking pictures of their figures and stuff. Make a figure that has a function. The televiper, so you're going to slot him in ahead of Snake Eyes or Cobra Commander. Could... That's, that's how you shake people up. Points for originality, my brother, but you need to get these toys off pegs. You need to move products. I got three um, more figures. Three I, more. Love, I, mm-hmm. I, I love your enthusiasm, but continue. <laughs> Well, I would say I would say the televiper. You could go pink. You could go red. You could go blue. <laughs> whatever. But th- I, I think go I into the uh, dollar bin. <laughs> All I see is a sea of like unsold televipers. But I told you you could continue, so I'll shut up for now. Well, if it has Wi-Fi, think about the possibilities. This thing is sitting in your room, and all of a sudden, across his face, your lady texts you something. That's not next level. Hang on, are you talking about an interactive action figure that you can sort of connect it up via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth? Yes. Jeez, Cujo. Premium deluxe action figure. Okay, that'll, yeah. that'll sell like a brick. This is your new HasLab figure. Um, my second <laughs> figure would have to be Hydro Viper just wow. because... I'm a fan. Yes. I buy every Hydro Viper I ever see. This is again for the uh, the 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 um what am I saying the YouTube crowd because the figure they need underwater figures and and that figure would just jump off the shelf. Got to mix in. I would go shoot swim off the shelf. Shooter original scene. <laughs> get some diversity in there. Get a sniper. And uh, I actually don't have a solid fourth figure. But if you wanted me to jump. Go deep into the roster, you know what I mean? What are you thinking, Rob? For me, I think, well, generally I'm kind of against getting uh, figures that aren't three and three quarter inch. Because three and three quarter inch, for me at least, it's this G.I. Joe's. Um, I mean, I've, 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 gone, I've got other figures, other characters from other ranges or other properties in different scales. To me, that's fine because I'm not buying them to kind of 
compliment you know the gi joes it's more like oh i like the character i like the dude tron from tron i'm gonna get a pop of him because i can't find any other figures of him um i'll get a spawn figure you know in the kind of seven inch range i'll get a a gundam i'll get a giant i don't know something else (laughs) but yeah for me actually i i think i just went kind of like classic um with with my idea of kind of like what this would be because I, I think you can be, you can kind of go completely out there and be like, hey, this is the the possibilities that this could be. It could be anything. Um, but also you kind of want to go, you know, if you're introducing this to a new audience, especially, I mean, at this point, we don't know. Does this tie into the video game? I don't think so. Um, does it tie into the movies? Or is it just, uh, are they producing a new cartoon series? I suppose we will find out any of this at the end of Feb. Um, so I kind of, I was just like, what characters do I want to see in a six-inch range? Um, so I was like, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander, and a Viper. I think that's a good base where you can, you have enough characters on each side. You know, I mean, I think that that's, that's I've gone very classic here. Um, you have enough characters on each side. Um, you have the idea of um, the conflict between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadows in there. Cobra Commander has troops, I mean, a, a troop that he can kind of you know, rally. And I suppose you could buy more if you wanted to. There's a lot of drama and conflict, I think, with these five characters. And that's enough to kind of get going. And, and you know, you have the, the, the file card at the back. Um, we'll explain a little bit about each character. Hopefully they're not badly written. But en- enough that it kind of creates drama and interest. Because I think for a lot of people, especially before the cartoons, before the comics what created interest in each character was the the file cards themselves and yes there's there's decades now of of built up um mythos and continuity and whatever else around each of these characters you can still make it fresh and new and still tell that same story again because you are introducing them to a new generation of people Ooh, i think you just gave me a sick idea dude what if they went classic but they gave like new not hot writers, but like legacy writers, the ability to write the file card. So you would literally have to take the package off the shelf to look at it. That'd be pretty cool. That Come might on, do. What legacy writers? What? I don't know. Like get like a um who's a who's a guy that people respect? I guess is there anybody that people respect anymore? I guess. Oh, so you were yeah. saying the the um the file cards would be guest authored? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes dangerous because you run the risk of not having a standardized uh, meter and format Mm. what was so attractive about larry's file cards and i I mean i know they were edited down but there was a rhythm that even in the most butchered you could still there was a cadence that that was quite unique and quite particular uh, quite a particular format style you know, each file card, the more successful ones at least, had a similar pattern. You know, the pattern that kind of gives the general character description and their strengths and weaknesses, and then the character, the paragraph that gives actual insight into their personality, preferably from a fellow, either a fellow soldier in the field, or a commanding officer, or a sworn enemy. Like th- those were just. That's the best way to write a file card. And if you start messing with that, if you start getting guest authors, 
that don't observe that, I don't know, it starts losing its G.I. Joe flavor. But to, to what you were saying, Rob, two very important points that I want to pull from uh, Mark Weber, who used to work for Hasbro, and he was on What's on Joe Mind, uh, mm-hmm. podcasting about this very subject. He was saying that it is curious in this first wave that there's not a troop builder. This f- first wave is Duke and Snake Eyes, uh, Roadblock, Destro, and uh, who's number five? Baroness. This is a second Snake Eyes. Oh, jeez. Uh, but I might be cocking this up. Maybe. Yeah, and in this initial wave, there's no troop builder. Now, any line uh, that has a troop builder, be it a, a Viper or a Stormtrooper, that is absolute gold for your toy manufacturer because that item you can just keep making. You know, people can't get enough of a character that you can literally build hundreds of. Mm. So it is curious that, and uh, yeah, they're, they're certainly holding that back. Obviously, in a second wave, you can expect to either find a Viper, a Cobra Trooper, or maybe <laughs> Steel Battalion. Since they've lost the name Steel Brigade to Bobby Valor, have you guys noticed that in the uh, G.I. Joe War and Cobra video game? Yes. You you have the Steel Battalion in G.I. Joe? I was like, why did they call them this? I was like, I'm sure they were called something else before. <laughs> well, guess what? It's because Bobby owns it, and they'd be owing him royalties if they used it. But the other mm. thing that points to this being a very classic line and not movie-inspired initially is because they will launch and get this off the ground by maximizing their profits. I'm talking about Hasbro. And the way they do this, as Mark went on to explain, is by ensuring that in that first wave, they have no characters that they have to pay a licensing fee for. So Marvel Legends 6-inch, they have to pay licensing fees to Marvel. And I imagine it's even more so when they're licensing Marvel Studios characters. Because if you want to get Chris Evans' likeness on an action figure, I'm pretty sure it's going to command a higher licensing fee than if you were just licensing Boom Boom from the X-Force comic in the <laughs> 90s. And with Star Wars, even more so. You know, you're licensing freaking Han Solo, dudes. Or Rey uh, Palpatine. Ooh, spoiler! Um, Ooh. Oh, dear. Drop the mic. Um, but who's Mike? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... What he went on to explain was that this initial wave will be their classic designs because Hasbro owns that in its entirety. It is a Hasbro IP. They don't owe anything to Marvel or Disney or Lucasfilm. It is theirs. And therefore, they'll get all the money. <laughs> so expect to see the the classic designs, at least for this initial wave. And then once we get into the the movie figures, then perhaps there'll be a more even split of... As they've done in the sort of the Marvel world with movie dedicated Marvel Legends and then comic book accurate Marvel Legends. Mm-hmm. But my guess is that the construction will follow the Marvel Legends uh, design. No, for sure. If if you're doing a six inch line, you, you're going to have it in line with whatever other six inch lines <laughs> you have going on. However, they're producing those now. I suppose it won't be as difficult to kind of just readjust things. You just you're just changing the way the characters look. You know, you just kind of pop in the the articulation points wherever they usually go for your other range of characters. 
Yeah, so I think they, they'll, they'll definitely look very similar to what their Marvel Legends figures do look like. And in general, they're not that bad. Like, the articulation is pretty good. The detailing of the figures is, is, is fairly, fairly okay as well, I found. Okay. Rob, I assume, though, since they're not at 4-inch or 3 and 3 quarter inch, it's a pass from you. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean... Okay. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, if it's a unique character, a once-off character, like a Spawn or a Tron or something, I'd probably get it. But if it's like you're asking me to get into a whole new scale of figures based off, you know, G.I. Joe, it's probably not going to happen. And this is like a scoop. Maybe I'll get, like, scoop once-off. But they're never going to do a scoop. (laughs) Rob, but what if it's our first, last, and only opportunity to get the ultimate versions of our favorite characters? Ultimate versions... What I'm trying to say here is O-Ring G.I. Joe is classic, it's nostalgic, we have a resonance with it, these were the toys of our childhood, we love them intensely. 25th Anniversary Style and Beyond were updates and improvements in some regards, certainly in accessories and web gear, you know, the secondaries, the sort of stuff mm-hmm. that you add to the figure, the way the articulation felt, the durability of the figures being more rubbery the double-bended knees, the slightly closer adherence to maybe the card art, that was their advantage. But there was a kind of a glass ceiling to how good those figures could be at that scale. You know, low light looks incredible, but his secondary is too bulky to allow Mm. unhindered uh, articulation. What if these six inches given their optimized scaling, are able to do everything we ever wanted these figures to do and look fantastic doing it. If I could see a shockwave that looked like his card art, that had the same proportion of weapon to character that that card art had, and could pose the same way and look as good under lighting... I'd be pretty hard-pressed to, to not pick it up. I doubt the roster's going to get that deep, but here's to hoping. Yeah, because that's also the thing. I mean, they're probably not going to go be trying to produce ultimate versions of characters. We, we It's like everything else they've done since the 25th anniversary, they're going to keep producing the same characters over and over and over again. You're just going to get, like, the new version of Snake Eyes, the new version of Duke, the new version of Roadblock. If, yes... <laughs> if they oh, if they Cooch, approach, he to... really wants his telly viper. Damn it, man! Is there anyone else that you'd want, buddy? Let me sell it. Let me sell it to you one more time. Yeah. The figure at its base is twenty twenty five. You get the plastic stuff. You upgrade the, the. You can buy the real camera gun. It comes with the cord. It plugs into the Wi Fi backpack. It's it's active. You can activate the camera from your phone. You can send people messages in the room from his visor. I think that's really cool. I think it's slightly outside the six-inch scale, though. Wouldn't you say, Cooge? I mean, all that tech in a tiny head. I mean, the head would only be like 33% larger than a than a four-inch figure's head. Nicely done. Well, that. well, I mean, that's probably you'd have to shunt it all into the backpack. So you'd have to have the backpack attached. There'd have to be concessions, but I mean, if you think what your phone can do and the, the scaling of the technology that's inside your phone. Um, the cameras in your phone are exceptionally tiny as well. Um, I think you can probably do it. It would probably be fairly expensive to do it. 
Yeah, I'd probably buy one if they camera can skin them separately. Skin them a scoop. <laughs> mm. Oh, uh, camera sold separately. Okay. So what's yeah, my you probably would have to do that. fourth outside the box figure? This is an unrealistic pick for you guys. What do you think? Like a a wild card? What would you like to see from the three and three quarter inch that you could just use a little more size on? Like maybe mm. Edmund Honda <laughs> from Street Fighter Two. <laughs> The gut punch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thousand hand slap. Ali Viper would hit. You, that would jump off the shelf. Oh, for sure, Ali Viper. I mean, Certainly the, an attractive coloring. The coloring, the accessories, the, it comes with that cool shield. It, it just looks made for urban attack, and it is something you could do at a six-inch scale, I think, a lot better. You could actually and hold that shield properly. All the kids would think that it's from Fortnite, you realize. Well, yeah... yeah. If you did did it the if you did it right with some sharp angles and stuff, it would make those Fortnite figures almost obsolete. Mm. Because that's what the Fortnite ones are. They're based on a video game and the style of the video game. They're exceptionally soft. If you look at the figures, or at least they look soft to me. They kind of look like you know they don't look real. Um, I mean the articulation and the building is very good. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't ever buy these. Rob, you remember your Kane action figure from Toy Biz X-Force? Yes, Kane was fantastic. So he had a, a cord attached to his hand. You'd, yes, so you pull his hand out and then on his shoulder. You'd, you'd press a tab on the back of the figure and it, the, the corded hand would snap back. Yes. So I was just imagining that at a, at a six-inch scale, maybe, because you know they, obviously on the 25th anniversary style Ali Viper, they made that tantalizing grapple hook gun removable. Yes. Yes. What is. if on a six-inch version of that Ali Viper action figure, not only would the gun be removable, but would have a wind-in corded action feature? Ah, oh, that'd be amazing. It probably wouldn't be able to be housed in the gun, but maybe the gun, like the cord that comes off the the grapple, the anchor, could go to the snapback feature in the backpack. Yeah. Do you get what so. I'm saying? Like you'd you'd pretend to launch this anchor from the gun, the cord would pull out of the back of the backpack and then would hook onto something. And then you'd hit the tab and the whole action figure and backpack zip up the the, uh, the cord. Yeah, well, I mean, the hook itself would have to be attached with a yeah with 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 the string to the backpack, and you can then attach the hook to the front of the gun. But then I suppose it would have to be, I don't know, like loose enough to shoot off. This is lovely spitballing, by the way, guys. It's not going to happen. <laughs> We're not going to get oh, deep geez. in the roster to have Ali Viper, and they're certainly not going to have action features. I think Hasbro's finally cottoned onto the fact that nobody wants action features, even when they're as cool as the one we've outlined. <laughs> But you were talking about your love of six inches. Is there any other lines that resonate? I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of the Black Series uh, Fett, the white Fett, just because uh, he's cool on camera and stuff. Uh, mm. But I don't know. I mean, I haven't really... Honestly, the Wampa toy from the original Star Wars line has probably been my favorite toy of that size. <laughs> but not of that scale, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right, you guys got any favorites along the way? Gotta be action force by Bobby Valor. Nice, hey. buddy. Check in the mail. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna say that Hasbro's gonna be hard pressed to do action military science fiction better than Bobby's designs. 
I mean, just the way everything seems to fit together so flushly on those figures, it's going to be the, the brand to beat. And I know Hasbro are the big dogs, and Bobby is a minnow, but like, mm. yeah, Action Force has got an aesthetic which Hasbro is going to have to play catch up to, telling you now. I agree. I think uh, this is, in our uh, quote-unquote democracy, this is how you vote. Show them at the G.I. Joe level, like, support Bobby and what you have left over. Sure, buy one six-inch, whatever. Hey, yeah. the only way you're going to get actual Steel Brigade at this stage is to do it through Action Force. <laughs> Hasbro can't produce no Steel Brigade anymore. I mean, <laughs> they can produce things that look like Steel Brigade, but they won't be called it on the package. Look, jarring some kind of economic shakeup in pop culture... Hasbro is going to lament the fact that they let Steel Brigade get away. You don't think G.I. Joe is about to get popular again? <laughs> eh, they they slip. Coming. They it's slip. coming. I think for myself, like I can't think of any real like six-inch figure series that that we collected in the past. Um, I mean, there were ones that kind of like kind of six-inch, but I think usually figures were like five or seven inches. I think the, the companies that I've seen out there. Uh, or figures that we we never got in the shop, but um, SH Figure Arts um, by a company called Tamashi Nations, I believe it is, um, from Japan. They produce a very cool range of six-inch figures, and it also goes across the gamut from um, from like Marvel figures to Dragon Ball figures if you enjoy that. Um, and the the detailing is very good. I think their pricing is a bit a bit more than Legends, but at least it's something that we could possibly get into South Africa. Because I promise you, we, we will never get Hasbro figures into this country, or at least decently articulated and good-looking figures. Um, the toy market in this country, at least, is all aimed at, at kids um, buying Spider-Man over and over and over again. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think we ever really collected six-inch figures, at least to the best of my knowledge, but... Things might have been different if uh, Marvel Legends had a better just distribution in South Africa. Yeah, I must no, say, for sure. when I was over in the Far East, and I saw not only these kind of movie Marvel Legends figures, which, you know, coming out of something like Avengers Infinity War, I'd have been pretty hard-pressed to, to not want, like, absolutely everyone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just to do battle in my, my bedroom. Um so, unfortunately, like, we've never really wet our beak in the stream, so to speak, mm. of uh, of the six-inch scale. And the same with Star Wars Black series. Like, I would love to have the core, you know, legacy characters in that scale because they make for very attractive action figures. Mm. I come back to my point about them being, like, the ultimate expressions of the toys that we love. Because... Vintage, vintage Star Wars is a little too vintage for my liking. Uh, I know I'm a hypocrite in saying that because I'm an O-ring G.I. Joe collector. But, like, there's just perhaps too few articulation points. And then you flip the script to, like, uh, the later three and three-quarter inch Star Wars stuff that had all the detail, you know, the vintage collection. But they weren't without their problems. Uh, Black Series kind of corrected those sins in a whole new scale that prioritized the figures over what Star Wars had been about previously, which was like interactivity with the vehicles, same as G.I. Joe. This yeah. is a figure-dedicated line. So 
it stands to reason that they really would nail the figures and the figures not feeling like an afterthought. A lot of the times in the glut that was the 25th anniversary, we got shill figures that just were not, not good. You know, in terms of boring tooling and just like another version of so-and-so that was just basically a Franken-Joe with maybe a different secondary or different weapons. I'm looking at you, Duke, and you, Snake Eyes. <laughs> and Storm Shadow as well. I mean, there's so many versions that were just like cobbled together with so-and-so's accessories and so-and-so's torso and so-and-so's legs. And it's pretty un- uninspiring stuff. Hopefully with a six-inch six line... Sure, there'll be that happening anyway. There will be Frank enjoying, of course. Why would you not just reuse a, a set of cargo pants wearing legs <laughs> if you had two characters that wear cargo pants? It's simple <laughs> shit like that. But it's all about the figures, and hopefully we'll get higher quality figures, higher quality individual releases. But now the elephant in the room, guys, is what I touched on earlier, which is G.I. Joe classically has always been a toy line that really came into its own in the interaction between the greatest action figures in the world and the greatest vehicle pool in the world. Yeah. What is the fate of 6-inch G.I. Joe in the vehicle realm? If if they can't produce new vehicles in, for the 3 and 3 quarter inch range, I don't see them producing vehicles for the 6-inch range. I mean, what do they do? They just upsize the, the, the current molds that they have. Yes. I don't think they'll do that. Could, could they do that? What is the upper limit of, of a conceivable vehicle? Are you thinking a vamp is off the table? His tank? No, definitely. vamp you can probably do. His tank you can do. I, I mean, I, you're, you're not going to see a, a whale. You're not, I don't think you're going to see bases. There's no way you're going to get a, an HQ. You saw the Black Series TIE Fighter, right? Yes. But the okay. thing is with that though, it's exceptionally it's it's three pieces essentially, you know. What makes it look big is just that the wings are so tall. Mm. I think those are fairly easy to make. You pop that into 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 a box, it really doesn't take a lot of space until you put it together. Yeah, you can do small vehicles. I'm also not convinced that those things really sold too well. Probably not. I mean you can only have so many <laughs> TIE fighters. They made Luke's land speeder, I recall seeing that. And they mm. made like Ray's bike from Force Awakens. But, that, but I think that's the limit, is, is typically they do one-person or two-person seated vehicles. Um, four, four-person vehicles, yeah, like the Vamp or something like that, maybe you can do because they are so small. But you're never going to see, I think, I don't know, like a Rage. I don't think you'll see a Rage. I mean, yes, it's a four-person <laughs> vehicle, but... Rob's favorite go-to, <laughs> the Rage. What if they made a substantial vehicle that was a build-a-vehicle... You know, instead of build a figure. No, this is something I was thinking about too. Yeah. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I was actually. But but to me, yeah. So you split into five or six pieces, however many is in each range, um, and then you, yeah, you can build a vehicle. I think that would be amazing. Actually, that's something I, if they could do that, and you get a guaranteed new vehicle. You know, it 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 shouldn't just be a, a retooling of something that they've done before. I mean, especially because if you're splitting into six pieces. Yeah, but what is the upper limit of that in terms of bubble space or as these probably will be in? Because I believe Hasbro wanted to phase out all the plastic from their packaging. So these mm. might be like blind boxes. Wouldn't that be blind funny? Boxes. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> How are you going to like detect paint uh, paint application errors? But that is interesting though. 
that you that you bring up that they want to do that because I was trying to figure out how do you actually fit these things into packaging, and if they are moving more towards a box based packaging method, I mean, which I think a lot of companies do do already, especially overseas in 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 the east. I think most of that stuff comes in boxes, um, <laughs> you, and then a gigantic plastic tray on the inside. Yeah, no, brother. The Far East are not leading the charge when it comes to reduction in plastics, I'm afraid. Okay. But they're, they're trying. <laughs> they're trying. They're trying. But I think, yeah, if you could move towards a more box-based packaging, um, but then, yeah, it. Re- how do you know? Yeah, paint applications. Tricky. But once again, if, if you are going to do that, so you don't have an accompanying uh, vehicle line, you only have pieced vehicles, you know, where, where like there's a featured vehicle for each thing. I think they would still be quite small. And how do you how do you proportion how do you how do you split a vehicle into six pieces or five pieces and and what is the upper limit on the size of vehicle that you could in- conceivably include as a builder vehicle feature? Mm-hmm. Is it you know something the size of a snake armor or a claw or a ram or a trouble bubble or can you push the limits and be a little bit bigger? I, think I don't know. You mm-hmm. have to gauge the sales. I think you go ram and ferret. And then Finn. I mean, that's it. Like, Finn? If, well, meaning Fang. it's all Finn. over. Oh, uh, Fang. No, 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 Finn. The end. Um, but I. Oh, I, Finn. If Finn. you want to go convention exclusive, <laughs> you can go bigger. But I think, uh, yeah, no, I'm still about the plugging things in this stuff. Like, it's definitely mm. the age of photographers. Like, make the Ram have a headlight that comes on, and the Ferret's wheels will sell that. No problem. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, they go six inch. They still have to use the Star Wars or the G.I. Joe articulation because I, I, I don't know. G, that's what sells G.I. Joe's is you can you can get so much personality into them. A black mm-hmm. series, you can definitely make them look cool, but they can't put people in headlocks or anything. They can just pose. So I don't know. It's a tough one. What do you mean you can't can't put anyone in headlocks? Black well, series. Don't they have butterfly it's joints? And it's fragile. Is it? A little bit. Have you ever tried yeah, to be on a, a six uh, a black series? Uh, and no. That's scary. Well, I mean, I, I have old Marvel Legends from back in the day. Like I got the entire Builder Figure Apocalypse series. Because they were all available at the same store at the same time. I was like, I couldn't believe my luck. I was like, wow. <laughs> this is the only way you can buy those things. If I step out of this pick and pay with all of, all six of these guys, I get the apocalypse. I don't have to go <laughs> hunting for anything. It's all here. Yeah, that was that was my last hurrah. So yeah, I've got a Sasquatch. <laughs> I've got a, a, was it a Bendis a Wolverine? What's his name? Uh, from... Was it Uncanny X-Men? No, no. Uh, the Astonishing X-Men. Yes. What was the relaunch? It, 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 astonishing, it was. Amazing? Astonishing. Astonishing. Pretty sure it was astonishing. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. A, um, yeah, I sound really sure. New pretty Avengers. Sure. Secret Avengers? Sure. Time, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we can put a pin in this because this is going to be the ongoing discussion raging yeah. through our fandom what is six inch joe gonna look like now that we know it's happening for sure the questions man they just keep multiplying but you can 
bet G.I. Joburg is going to weigh in on the subject ad Heck nauseum. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure our man Paul, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, has got a lot to say too. He's going to have a lot of opportunities. I mean, end of Feb, Toy Fair, New York, um, that is apparently where the inf- information is going to come out. So, yeah, ex- expect another podcast from us about six inches again sometime. Woohoo. Woo. I think I'll end with the the always familiar call to action. Bobby Valla, G.I. Joburg, HCC. I got, we could rain names all day. I'm going to miss a bunch. You know I do. I, th- I think 2020 is that year that uh, you got Comic-Con Revolution on the West Coast. That's a nice Joe meetup. It's shaping up. So keep that on your calendar. That's late May. You got SoCal Joe Show. That's early June. And of course, you have Joe Fest. The Black Book is coming. The second print. Get your hands on it. I am I am the artist and the writer, but quite honestly, there's going to be things around this book that might change publishing. I'm also a thinker, so believe it. And it might it might be a great way to kind of support uh, creators in your network. Um, stay tuned. That's all I got. Do you guys got any uh, closeout community, anything like that? Uh, once again, shout out to Dave Cabal. Check out his podcast, Retro Cabal, on all the usual places. Heck yeah. Do it. Yeah, man. Good content. Nice to see the man step into the ring, so to speak. He was a great guest on this show. He's got a lot to say about G.I. Joe. And huh, he credits us with getting him back into the swing of things. Uh, Aww. We kind of popped onto the scene when he was feeling a, a, a strong wave of nostalgia. He is really grateful as a result, and we're really grateful to have made his friendship. I think we're going to try and connect in Balboa at some point this year, but if you're looking for people to invest in, he's a family man, he's a man of faith, he'll talk, he'll get in the DMs, he's a good guy. Yeah, I think that's it. What's on Joe Mind? You already talked them up. Mark Webber's actually pretty witty. Uh, He's the one that blessed the line with Tombstone. So if you got that figure, shout out to Mark Webber. Let's see. You got other Joe Mediates turning up. Uh, we chat them up all the time, don't we? Absolutely. Go find them, guys. Don't just listen to us. I mean, we only produce a thing every two weeks, so you got to keep busy till our new episodes come out. Oh, yeah. The guys in uh, the weekly game or the guys from Talking Joe. And then Full Force. I don't know. I think Chris, he must be dropping a podcast every other day, basically. When uh-huh. there's G.I. Joe news, he's on the forefront. He will drop everything just so that he can get an episode out. It's impressive. I think that's all I got, guys. Hell yeah. All right. That's a wrap on episode 162. Sorry, Rob. I know you wanted to do it, but I took it away from you. It's okay. <laughs> Later, Joe Burgers. Thanks See for joining you. us. Have fun. It's been good. Yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs>